Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Alan, who will tell us all about his improvisational journey. We'll play a couple games and most importantly, learn how he improved his life. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans. And tonight, I am joined by improviser, stand-up comedian, man of nature, and many other talents, Alan. Alan, thank you so, so much for joining us on the show. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Alan is here. I think that this episode has been a long time coming. You know, we've we've done some shows together in the past, some stand-up. We've done a little bit of improv here and there. And uh, it, it's an honor to have you on set with us tonight. Uh, so Alan, before we get too deep into our episode, can you tell me about, uh, your relationship to this old place, IFTP? Yes. It's uh, strictly platonic. Strictly platonic. Uh, That's yeah. good to hear. It's good uh, to have boundaries. Have good at boundaries. I have lots of boundaries with improv for the people. Mm. Uh, they keep coming on to me and I have to keep telling them <sighs> stop. I really respect that. Yeah. I really respect that. I've been doing improv for the people, I believe since 2018. 2018. Lovely. Pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. I didn't have to wear a mask. Mm. I did the improper people, you know, when we did it during COVID and had to have a mask. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. You got to learn how to read people in the eyes. Yeah. It was really intense. Um, so what did you ask? What was the question again? Uh, just, yeah. What's what's your relationship? So strictly platonic. Strictly You've been involved since uh, 2018. Yeah. Uh, what what teachers have you had during your I've time? I've had here? mostly Matt. Mostly Matt. I've had Ava. Heard of him. Mm, I know her. Yeah. You know her. Yeah. Uh, I've never had. I haven't had Jamie or Liam. I don't know who they are. No. And yeah. I haven't had you either. Okay. So I've only had, I'm kind of like, need to get around yeah. a little bit more. Benjamin Roth? No, I've never Benjamin either. No Benjamin Roth? No. It's okay. I've, haven't either. Uh, no, I think I've kind of had everybody except Liam. I might have had Benjamin maybe for a makeup. Mm. But yeah. um, We'll say you have. Yes. Yeah, so we'll say, well, we'll we'll say, say you we have. have. Alan has had every teacher at IFTP. I performed with every teacher. Performed with every teacher. There you go. Right, because I think Jamie's been in some of my classes, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. See? Alan has performed with every teacher yes. at FTP. Attempted, yes. There it is, there it I've is. I've done stand-up with you. That's true, we have. We've done yeah. a couple shows. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh. Michael's very good. Should go uh, to his next show. I don't know when that is. <laughs> I don't either. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you have one. I don't. Oh, we got to get on top yeah. of that. Alan has a show. I, I don't. Yeah, Mike, I have a show... Uh, uh, June 15th. June 15th. Live at the Pico Playhouse. Yeah, Pico Playhouse. Located in beautiful Culver City, California. Yep. Is it beautiful? Uh, some parts. Yeah, some parts. Yeah. Yeah. The we, golf course over there, it's fine. The golf course is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really play golf. So. I've never actually played the course. I only know the driving range. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I've i only done that once and I needed help. I, you, you know, there's such technique to holding the club. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was a little rough. I know it's very hard to hold clubs. Yeah, yeah. As both as a member and a leader. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alan. Uh, before we get it into our interview tonight, we got to play some three things. Okay, these are three things. These are three things. So I've got some categories for you. Okay. Uh, some are uh, as I often do with my podcast guests. I try and do some research about you on the internet, okay. but sometimes it's difficult to find information. Some of my guests have a very sneaky digital footprint. Mm -hmm. You are one of those guests. Yes, I have like no footprint. 
And I just want to applaud you that in this day and age, I have a lot of respect for people who have, have a very clean digital footprint. I don't actually exist. I'm a figment of your imagination. Wait. You're a very cool figment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least I'll say my imagination has good taste. Yes, that's, that's appreciated. <laughs> All right. Um, so any questions about three things? You've played this. You've got this. Yeah. All right. These are three things. First category, types of meat. Meat. Uh, chicken. One. Beef. Two. And platypus. Three. Very nice. Next category. Uh, what are your favorite numbers? Three. Three. Oh, that's a great one. Five. Five. Classic. Fifteen. Fifteen. Also good. And they all those numbers go together. Uh, last category. Uh, favorite hikes or trails that you've done in your life? Uh, Grand Canyon. One. Classic. Uh, San Jacinto. Two. And let's say... Strawberry Peak. Strawberry Peak. These are three things. things. All right. Very nice, Alan. Uh, we're going to circle back to the first category. You said chicken. Chicken. Every night. Very good. Uh, beef. Very good. And that last one, platypus. Just was like gray space. I haven't tried it yet, but would you recommend? Oh, yeah. It's a very fine dish, you know, made with, mm. you know, good sauces. It tastes great. Mm. Is it a, is it gamey at all? Uh, yeah, totally gamey. Okay. You know, people say that. I don't understand what it means. I've, I never have. Just have some lamb. Okay. And I, I like they, lamb. That's gamey. Okay. Well, I guess I like gamey then. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, I'm going to find my local platypus barbecue spot. <laughs> I don't know how they prepare it. Like some pulled platypus. Yeah, pulled platypus. <laughs> Maybe make it with some, you know, barbecue sauce. Yeah. I mean, I'm there. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, second category. I've never had platypus, for the record. He's lying. Yeah. He's I have a platypus farm. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have said it if you've never had it. <laughs> yeah. you, you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't lie. Okay. Would you? Would I? We'll, we'll actually be doing some lying later tonight in one of our games. Oh, that's okay. I lie all the time. Good. Um, you ready? Yes. All right. Uh, second category. I asked you favorite numbers. Why did I ask you about your favorite numbers? Why do you ask me about my favorite numbers? Yeah. Why did I ask you about that? Because I'm an accountant. I know. A very dumb question. Yeah. Very dumb question. But accountant or not, I think everybody's got favorite numbers. Yeah, I think everybody does. What's yours? Uh, I'm a seven fan. Okay, I think I seven's great. I could see that. Uh, I also like three. Three's a good one. Three's a good number. And oddly enough, now that I think about it, 21, which yours was three, five, 15. Yeah. I said three, seven, 21. Yeah, yours all work together too. They're all yeah. visible. Yeah. So, I, don't know. I mean, people like patterns, I guess. You know, yeah. they like when math works out. Yeah, it's easy to take your biggest number divided by both the other two numbers or multiply the two other numbers into the bigger number. Yeah, yeah, they just sync up. They just sync up. Same with yours, 3, 5, 15. That's a great, it's a great pairing. Yeah, it's a very good pairing. Yeah. Just don't ask me the module of any of them because I won't know. Well, I don't remember what that is, so. The remainder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, from division. Yeah. uh, My spreadsheets do my math these days, not me. Not you. The formulas, the functions, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how all my math is done on Excel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I uh, I gave that up. You gave up Excel? Just math. Oh, just math, okay. Yeah. All right, last category. Why do I ask you about hiking and trails? Uh, because I like hiking. Because mm, you like hiking. Is there, like, a piece of either clothing or gear you think is important to have on every hike? So it depends on the hike. Mm. Uh, when I went to Grand Canyon and went down to the river and back, uh uh, hiking poles would have been really useful. Mm, yeah. Uh, but I'll say a camel pack is very, very uh, useful. 
That works on any hike, I feel yeah, like. any hike. You like mm-hmm. having that water with you is very important. Even if it's an easy one, it's like, well, at least I have water. You just have a straw and you just turn your head to the right and you, you, know, you drink some water. Much better way to stay hydrated. Yeah, much better. Um, do you think that the camelbacks are actually made out of a camel's back? Yeah. I think it's it is. really sad. It's very expensive. That makes sense. A lot of camels have been killed for the. Oh for my gosh. Bags. Yeah. Well, but like. They're endangered, I think. Now you get two it. backpacks per camel, right? Yeah. So that's good value. Well, it depends on how many humps the camel has. Oh, right. Camels, they do have different amount of humps, don't yes. they? Some have two, some have one. I had to think about that. I was like picturing camels in my head. Yeah. Any three humped camels? I don't think so. It's probably against the laws of nature. Mm. Yeah, that's probably wouldn't be good. I don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah, that's true. I'd feel bad for that camel. <laughs> he goes up to his friends, hey, and they're, they're like, oh. Oh, this guy. This guy. We don't have we don't have room at the card table. Sorry. Uh, he's got, he's, yeah, he's, look at him. He's going to turn into three backpacks. Uh, uh, look at him. He's trying to think he's better than us because he has three humps. Oh, wow. But you hold so much water. Woo. You can have more passengers on your back. Good God, you take all the water from the, the well mm. and leave us any. It's kind of a jerk move. Yeah. Yeah. The three hump. That's why he was. they slaughtered him in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. A lot of backpacks were made. Yeah. At least three. Yeah. At least three. <laughs> At least three. <laughs> all right, Alan. Thank you for chatting those categories with me. That's a... Uh, wow, camels. Makes you think. Um, so we're here tonight to talk about your experience with improv. So I want you to think back. When was the first time in your life you heard about improv or exposed to it? Maybe you saw it, you read something, someone told you about it. Uh, college. College. Okay. And what was that like in college? Uh, so I saw, well, I mean, I always, grew, I mean, improv I saw when I was, uh, whose line is it anyway? Yeah, growing so up. Whenever that was, you saw that stuff with uh, all those those really great comics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh but the first time I actually thought about doing it was in college when I saw that uh, USC had a course on mm-hmm. on improv. And I never was able to do it because it didn't fit in my schedule. Yeah. But I was like, I need to do that. Yeah. Uh, so that was like the first time I I uh, thought about improv. And then I started doing improv in 2018. Mm. Uh, maybe 17. No, no, excuse me. Bad dates. Uh, 2007. Mm. When I went with Hackney Comedy. Mm. And I did, I did a few of their classes, and then they told me I was too stiff. Um, no one ever said that. No, okay. Anyway, um, not a bad thing to say. Anyway, but anyway, they said I was stiff, and I didn't. My, my motions were too stiff. So mm. then they made me do an exotic dance class. Really? Well, it wasn't an exotic dance class. It's called Motion for Actors, but it felt like an exotic dance class mm. because there's only like women in there, and then it was me. Mm. And then we had to do yoga for the first part, and then we had to dance exotically to chairs. It was very weird but to chairs i yeah i felt like it was could be another career path yeah it could have been could have been i wasn't very good so they didn't hire me mm. but um did that and i did that for a bit and then i switched to stand up mm. in 2019 excuse me i'm adding ones into my numbers 2009 mm. and i did uh stand up from 09 to, you know on and off yeah until 2018 where i still do stand up but i started to do improv again mm um came back around to it came back around i think it's because i moved to this side of town and i knew matt had improv over here yeah so i um because i met matt through stand-up oh okay and i did and i started doing the uh improv for the people Mm. which i liked because it's very um 
it's very casual. Yeah. You don't have to worry about levels. No exotic like, dance classes. No here. exotic dance classes. No one tells you you're not, you're too stiff. Yeah. That's a, that's a strange feedback. Yeah. I strange feedback. Someone. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it's, it's not constructive. It's not constructive. Um, and it wasn't sexual at all in nature. <laughs> um, so, so I did, yeah, it's been nice because like Matt's been, these classes are chill. Yeah. And I like how it's like just all professionals. It's no yeah. one's trying to like become some professional improver. It just feels like it's nice and casual. Um, and you get to learn a lot of skills in improv. And the reason I started improv in the first place way, way back in 07 was to learn how to have better social skills. Hmm. Um, I was very introverted, uh, very quiet, very shy. I still am, but like it, it was an ability to help you learn how to communicate with people yeah, and get out of your shell yeah, and like talk to people and not, and be silly and be okay with it because you know, you're a monkey on stage or something, or you're, yeah. you're, you're now you're a draft or you have one arm or you're a pirate. Like you, you embarrass yourself so much in the improv that in the reality, in real life, you, you realize it's not so bad. Hmm. Um, and then you learn how to like do sort of certain, you know, status and you learn how to do status and, match people's status and, and do tone and all that stuff where it really helps in improv, uh, not improv, but in real life where in, in, in real life you can use these things that you learn in improv to be more social. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, and better manager, better dating, better, um, just communicating with people. Yeah. It makes other parts of real life easier. I think, like you said, you're getting up on stage being a monkey or whatever. Like yeah. anything in real life is easier than that. I think. I think once you do it, you're like, you're like, oh, it's not so scary. Yeah. And you're like, I can do this in front of basically strangers. Like most of life isn't in front of strangers. It's in front of people you already kind of know. Yeah. So. Or in strangers, but depending. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. You're at a grocery store or something and there's someone you want to talk to. Yeah. It's probably all strangers. Yeah. It's probably all strangers. Um, but probably not a good idea to, to start a scene in the middle of the, the market. That would be confusing, yeah, for everyone else. For everyone. Yeah. <laughs> what is that guy doing? Uh, and they're like, "What the hell?" Um, yeah, don't do that. I don't suggest it. Yeah, um, or do if it's your last or day. Do if you really want to. Yeah, could be fun if you're looking for a new job. And then you yell at them. It's yes and. Stop denying. Stop denying. Why are you arresting? Me? Say yes and. Stop. <laughs> Stop kicking me out of the the store. Um, so I did it most of your social skills. Mm. So I did that yeah. and, um, I thought it, it really helped. And I also suggest to everybody who's like introverted or shy to, to definitely, uh, take improv. Yeah. I know a lot of people are scared. I tell them like, don't be scared. Like, it, you know, it's scary for a couple of seconds, but then you forget and you get out of your head and it's nice because you get out of your head and you should, you're able to be in the present moment, which mm. is much more important. Yeah. And then, like, in the scale of life, there are much scarier things than doing an improv class or trying improv. Like, if that's your biggest worry, get up there. You can handle this. Like brushing a tiger's teeth or something. That's absolutely scarier than doing improv. I mean, think about all those zookeepers. They're like, okay, you know, Leo, I'm going to have to brush your teeth. Yeah, they climb in that cage every day. Yeah, every day they climb in that cage and hope to God that the lion will not eat them. Yeah, that's... Talk about taking risks. I I mean, mean, they go in there and they hope that they... Someone fed the guy beforehand. He's like, yeah. oh, God, did, did George feed Leo? I hope so. I hope so. Here I go. Here I go. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Yeah. There's my other good arm. <laughs> now I, I'm going to have to use my legs. Yeah. 
And that's, you have to learn a whole new skill yeah, for that. It's difficult to brush people's alliance teeth with your feet. Yeah. That's, well, I've never tried. I haven't either. Yeah. And I don't plan on it. That's, that's something I'm scared of. It's not on your bucket list? No. No. Is it on yours? No. Okay. Yeah. That's, I would love to meet someone who has that on there though. Brush a lion's teeth with its with his feet. <laughs> probably out there. There's probably, There's probably someone. someone. One guy's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. He's like, wow, I've really found my audience. This, yeah. this is this really what I do? <laughs> so before you you started doing improv and stand up, growing up, were you interested in performance at all, or was that not really your thing? No, no. never really cared about that, hmm. acting or maybe a little bit stand up. I thought that was yeah. kind of cool, uh, but I don't think that really came about until college. Yeah. Where it was like, Oh, you know, it'd be cool to do stand up and like do, uh, and to perform. Uh, but am I there? Uh, but like, I don't, I never, I, I don't really want to be an actor or famous or anything. It's not like something I really want to do. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just maybe a famous comedian. That'd be cool. But, um, the acting piece, not really, but I, yeah. I do like the improv and how it like helps you in social and it does help you in the comedy too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for stand up, having some improv skill and background, I feel like can help just in the writing process with your stage presence because stand up can be such a, like you can prepare as much as you want, but it's going to be so different once you're on stage in the room with people. Great. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's the nice thing with improv is it allows you to be ready for anything. Yeah. Like you, you don't know if someone in the audience will say something or if someone laughs funny or something. You can quickly, you know, snap your fingers and go. Yeah, react and respond. So when um, you you started out your improv time at, uh, you said Acme Comedy. Yeah. Okay, that sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know if they're still around. I. Th- so let's trash them. No. Yeah, I think they they used to be on Melrose, and I think they moved to the Valley, but I don't uh, okay. know, I don't know if they're still around. Okay. What was, so you said you took a few classes there. They gave you some strange feedback. Yeah, like four classes, four or five classes. Okay. And then you took chair class. I took chair class. Uh, yeah. Did that, your experience there kind of like turn you off of improv for a while? Um, what turned me off on improv was the fact that it felt very, um, you had to be one level, two level, three mm. level. And then they. That structure. It, yeah. Or you do the same level over and over and over again. And you didn't feel like you were actually getting anywhere. Yeah. Or progressing at all. And it just felt like they just wanted your money. Yeah. Like, am I just here so that I can, they're just failing me so that I can just pay them more money until at some point they feel bad for me. Yeah. Um, I paid enough dues in and I was mm. like, I don't, this is not something I want to do. Yeah. Uh, the dance class was, you know, it was just, to be honest with you, the yoga wasn't bad. It actually helped, like, with a, knee, with a foot injury. Yeah, yoga's good for you. So yeah. that was cool. The exotic dancing was kind of, I don't call it exact dancing. It was called motion. It was supposed to be a dance class, basically, the second half to get you to more feel like you're moving. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. <coughs> hmm. But I still don't it's not what you signed up for. Yeah. No, I still don't know how to dance, but yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Unless there's a chair involved. Uh, no, just kidding. Yeah, we're sitting in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was like, well, Alan, have I got a story for you? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I that structure is common in a lot of places of like level one, level two, level three. And I, in my improv experience, the same, I found that I think for some people, myself included, that's not the best structure. Um, not that that can't work for other people. I'm sure it does. But I think I've come to a place where I'm of the opinion it does end up costing a lot of money and I mean, it's treated more like a college class with a report card rather than, 
I don't know what it, what it should be for is like not the goal of making a profit. It's art, you know? I mean, not that you can't make a profit through art, but it's a tricky conversation. I feel like this one is more relaxed. It's, yeah. it's more fun. It's more extracurricular. It's yeah. like we're going to go pick up basketball. Yeah. And, yeah. Nice, and the nice thing about IFTP is um, there's a lot of cool people here. So um, we, do, we can do jams. We can meet up with a bunch of friends and do jams outside, right? And done a bunch of those, and that's fun. You, you kind of make friends. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like in these classes you might make friends, but it feels like you're up or out, and then you don't yeah. see the same people over and over again because yeah. they move up to another class and then you never see them again. Yeah, another Here group you, comes in and it's... You get a lot of consistency, so a lot of your classes you end up having the same people in the class. Yeah. I mean, um, and then you maybe start to make friends or you meet people and you're like, hey, this is cool. This is a nice, soul. It's a nice uh, community. Yeah. And there's a number of folks I can think of, like similar to yourself, that started, you know, pre-pandemic. They've been involved here a long time and they're still around, which is I think rare in a lot of different communities and groups in LA, like to have people stay, you know, not drift off or move or, you know, whatever. And I, that consistency and maybe history like gives so much value, I think to, to this place. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So when you, when you started stand up, um, was that as a class? Was that just you finding an open mic being like, well, we'll see what happens. So I did stand up because one of my bosses um, and accounting for my workforce said I would lack confidence. Hmm. So I said, okay, I'll do stand up because, you know, what's not more confident than going on stage and yeah. selling jokes to people? I mean, that proves the opposite of what he said, I feel like, because you're like, okay, I'll okay. do like the, the stand up. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> the hardest thing ever. Yeah. So I did that. I did a class. So I did a, a class at the Ice House. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it was, I don't remember. It was a, I feel like it was a 10 or 12 week class. Mm. And the last class show, the last class was a show. And then you do the show and then uh, they fed you into a bunch of shows. Wow. That's great. So, so you ended up almost immediately having the main show and then like four or five other shows right oh, after. That's fantastic. And it's that was really nice good. because it kind of got you into it. Yeah. And then it was on your own to try to find new shows. And yeah. I got kind of burned out because it became a bringers, you know, the bringer, yeah, you have to bring yeah. people, which is an unfortunate, it's, it, it's needed, but it's, it's, it's an unfortunate uh, side effect where you feel like um, you're subjecting your fans, your friends to some, uh, maybe not the best comedy. Role. <laughs> yeah. And then they don't want to go to the next show. Yeah. Cause they're like, uh, I don't know. Like, Alan. Uh, I don't really want to see 20 comics. Yeah. All, all amateurs. Yeah. So, I kind of got in, involved with another another group, and they performed better shows where the shows were um, more professionals, like yeah. maybe two two or three professionals, and then there was maybe three amateurs. Mm. And it was nicer because the people you brought saw two really good people, and then there were some other people, you know, us who were, yeah. were, were, were a good mix. Know, trying to do stuff, and it was a good mix because then they're like, I had a great time, invite me again. Yeah. And I, those, that format was great. Yeah. Cause it's like, Hey, I got to see my friend and I got to see these people who are like really good. Like, yeah. and it's, I think that it's maybe one of the better formats for standup yeah. shows. And I, I do about from, from then I do about two, two to three shows a year. Mm. I don't do a lot. I mean, it'd be nice to do more, but it's very, as you know, it's hard to get shows. Yeah. Um, I don't, you even, have to be, I don't know what you have to do. Um, sign a, your life to a, the devil or something. I don't know. Okay. Is that how? That's, oh, I've been wondering. I don't, I've, I haven't figured it out. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Or do some sexual flavors for someone. I don't know. Or mm, strictly platonic. Strictly platonic. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't I have no idea. I haven't yet figured it out, but um, you basically have to hustle. Yeah. Hustle, yeah, hustle, it's, hustle, it's hustle, a hustle. huge hustle. Go to a lot of open mics, go to a lot of shows, just meet people, talk to people and do all this stuff and have a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah, you have a life outside of stand-up, too. So when you're working, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock to 7, you know, 7, 8 o'clock at night, you don't have time to stand in line for an open mic. You don't have time to do that stuff. So maybe get a chance to go on stage. Maybe get a chance to go on stage. And so in the career, makes more sense for me. Yeah. Um, And so it's just, I do it when I, you know, for fun, when people invite me. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm boring you. You're yawning. Wow. No, I'm sorry. I am an accountant, so I do put people to sleep. <laughs> no, no, Alan. I've been up. I used to have a joke about that, where I say accountants don't need us, uh, don't need uh, sleeping pills. They just use their personality. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true, though. I don't know. I think accountants are are underappreciated or misunderstood. Yeah, I think they should have some TV shows. You know, like Law and Order, they really made lawyers dun dun. <laughs> dun 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 dun. They really made lawyers look cool. Yeah, like lawyers. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's offend probably anybody. like not that cool of a job most of the time. It's I mean, probably reading, very boring. You're reading contracts all day. Yeah. Or or you know researching stuff. It, you get sexy maybe a couple times, right? Yeah. They make it really sexy on on TV. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, what about us other jobs? You know, like janitor. They they see some wild stuff, I imagine. I'm sure they do. They they fight some battles. <laughs> so. I, I think that's a really noble job. Yeah. I can do it, but I think those people who do it should, you know, definitely like we should give them a trophy. Yeah, it takes a special kind of person, I think, to be able to put up with all that. Unfortunately, the rest of humanity. Yeah, in our in our issues. Yeah, because we aren't so cool. People can really suck with how they treat like public facilities. They can really suck. Bathrooms in particular. Like you really think about like how horrible we are, like Oh yeah, and you have to think about like when you go to a bathroom. I don't think a lot of people think this, but someone's gonna have to clean this. Yeah, and some bathrooms you think no one's cleaning this, but like because it's so bad. But I mean, think about it. some poor so poor so guy has to go in there and clean it. Like at least treat it like yeah, like nice. And because some poor guy who's being paid maybe minimum wage has to go here and clean it, that sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to make a mess of the place and then just leave. Yeah, like, but like. If they had TV shows, that will go back to the topic. We'll get off of janitor. But like, if they have TV shows, I think about like accounting or these other subjects. Yeah, it might make it more sexy. Yeah, I think, I think that could fly though, because I mean, look, like The Office, right? That's about people who work for a paper company. Yeah, that's like, I'm like, paper. Paper is plain. Like, there's nothing on it. Like, they sell printer paper. You know, who uses paper anymore? That's not me. I don't. Won't catch me. You see paper on me right now? I don't see any paper. I see a phone. Exactly. You see any paper on me? Oh, turn out your pockets. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think, I think accounting needs to get the uh, the Hollywood treatment. I agree. Yeah. yeah, they did the movie Accountant, where where he was an assassin. That was kind of cool. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, check it he out. Was an assassin. Yeah, because he was slashing budgets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something like that. If you were, if there were a TV show about accountants, what would you want it to be called? The Accountant. The Accountant. Yeah. Isn't or, that also a movie? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should call it the, um, the uh, off budget, off balanced, mm. or unbalanced. That's see, I hear that name, I go, oh, yeah, what unbalanced. Is what is it? Yeah. Now streaming on Netflix original series, huh? Netflix really original series. 
Mm. Oh, what's it about? Well, this guy sits in a chair all day and trying to balance his bank account. Well, does he do it? You'll have to find out. I mean, Tune in next week. I'm going to binge all 10 episodes of season one. Yeah, there's 600 episodes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there's 12 because it happens every month. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, end of the month, right? Get yeah. Balance things out. And then there's a spinoff series for his, no. uh, his, his accounts payable reconciliation, his accounts receivable reconciliation. Uh, yeah. So you got me hooked. I got you hooked. Okay, I want the script on my desk by Monday. Okay, I'll chat GDP it for you. Okay, that sounds He's good. He's on strike. Oh, okay. Well, you can be a scab, right? I can be a scab. Okay, great. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, we don't we don't need to pay you? You don't need to pay me. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. This is, why didn't we think of this sooner? I know, right? <laughs> Fellow studio execs, why didn't we? Actually, there will be no script. It's going to be all improv. The whole thing will be improv. So we won't have to pay you for writing, writing credits? It. Yeah. Ah, that's fine. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, we don't have to, yeah. Yeah, we're saving a lot of money right now. Yes, I know. It's almost a free show. Yeah, with all the pause productions, we're... <laughs> We're not spending much. We're not spending much. Yeah. Well, Matt directed. He'll just go blackout. Okay. That works. Yeah. And he's basically cut. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. All right. You've got yourself a show. Good. Yeah. Unbalanced. Streaming on IFTP. IFTP. IFTP Plus. IFTP Plus. You got to have Plus in your streaming service. You do have, to have Plus. Otherwise, people won't know what it's about. No, they'll be like, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. I want IFTP minus. Mm. They don't want everybody minus. But I don't think I have like IFTP. Multiply. Mm. IFTP divide. No. IFTP divide. That doesn't sound good. No. You know, people don't want it. And nobody likes division. How about IFTP log, log mirmic? Log. I forgot about log. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, okay. I liked pressing the log button on my TI-84. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Log, cosine, trends. Yeah. Sine, tan. Tan. Oh, yeah, all those guys. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen them in a minute. But yeah, logarithms. Oh, good stuff. What's the um the one that's the exclamation point? Oh, what is that? Oh man. Yeah. Damn it. I'm I can't gonna get, remember. I'm gonna lose my uh my nerd my nerd uh but my nerd button. It's okay. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't. Factorial. Oh yeah. Okay. I I liked those. I was just like, you get to use an exclamation point in math. That's exciting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I'm going to steer us. I don't even know how back, but uh, uh, Unbalanced now streaming on IFTP Plus. Yeah. Uh, come check it out. Starring Alan. And Michael. And Michael. Uh, I, I play the, um, the guy. Oh, He plays the evil uh, genius who's he, committing genius. fraud. Yeah. He's committing, I'm also embezzling company funds. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's a sleuth. I'm a sleuth. You're crunching numbers. I'm the auditor who's trying to, the forensic auditor who's trying mm. to figure it out. You're asking me for my receipts. I say oh. I don't have them. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? How do you not have them? Give me your bank account. Give me your. I, say, I don't have one. You don't have yeah. one. You're like, how the hell with that? And don't you look under my mattress? And I say, where the hell did you buy that Ferrari? I'll say, what Ferrari? Yeah. It's a Hertz rent a car. <laughs> See, we're, we're starting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, use cash for everything, no paper trails. That's smart. Yeah. You oh, use yeah. Bitcoin. Mm, blockchain. Yeah, then no one knows what the hell you're doing, except there's a whole log that logs it all. Yeah, and it can be traced back to it me. It can be traced back to you. <laughs> yeah. Which I always thought was funny that all these drug dealers are using it. Yeah. Where you're like, wait, but, can no, you, but you can trace everything. The whole point of the technology <laughs> is to be able to trace, trace everything. Yeah. Like, that's it's a not, smartest. It's not working how you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made a ton of uh, questionable sales. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Back to IFTP. So you've had a... You've had, like, I mean, you've done a lot of stand-up. You've done a lot of improv. 
which one do you find more challenging or which, no, 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 let me rephrase that. Which one do you think you enjoy more and why? So when I did improv, I did the show. It was the most fun I ever had on stage. Mm. Uh, I think it was more fun because you had no uh, anxiety or stress about trying to make people laugh. You understand that, right? Yeah. When you're doing yeah. a, when you're doing standup, you're like, oh, I gosh. have to make people laugh. I have to be funny. Yeah. I have to write a joke. I hope to God this is funny. Yeah. Otherwise, you have nothing. You have it's, nothing. You have nothing. And especially when you're an amateur and you don't have that many times to go up. Yeah. Even if you're going to open mics, and if people have gone to open mics, it's basically a bunch of brutal standup people, uh, amateurs in the audience who don't laugh at anything, so you don't get any feedback. They're all just judging you. Oh, they're not even judging you. They're just looking at their own their own jokes mm. or they're chit-chatting with their friends. So you're going up there and trying to talk uh, jokes to all of them and you don't get any feedback. You don't know if your stuff is funny. So mm. then you go on a show and you're hoping that you're funny. Yeah. And you, that's really stressful because you're like, I need to be funny so that my friends still come show and see me, but not only that, but I need to hope to get another show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that gets a lot of anxiety and stress. Yeah. While with improv, they're... The worst thing that ever happened in improv, uh, someone I read somewhere said, is comedy attached to it. Hmm. Because improv is hmm. really just acting like without, without um, scripts. Yeah. And comedy just kind of got latched to it because it was funny because you, the, the people like the struggle. Yeah. Right? Trying to come up with stuff. Oh, it's fun to watch. Um, and so I enjoyed uh, uh, improv uh, when I was performing because, A, I was laughing my, my head off. Like, yeah like just listening to everybody perform in front of me and you have people with you to help you, mm. right? You don't have to come up with new material. If you start struggling, Michael jumps up on stage and says something, right? Or yeah. you, you come in the scene or whatnot. It's more creative and it's more fun that way. Mm. Um, and I thought that was, that made it more enjoyable and a lot less stress. Like I had no stress for the shows I've done with improv. But you just go up and you're just doing it. You're like, I don't have to think about anything. I just have to do, I don't even have to have, an agenda. Yeah. Like, in fact, I don't want to have an agenda. It's better to be blank and have no agenda mm. um, and just see what happens. And, and I think that made it much more fun Yeah. Um, than stand-up. But I do enjoy stand-up because the high of stand-up, when you get people laughing, and you have a good show, it's like epic. Yeah. Yeah. When stand-up goes well, it's unbeatable. Yeah. But there are times that it doesn't go well. Yeah. And you're sitting there and no one's laughing and you want, you wish you had something to stab yourself with. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe the audience would finally like that. Yeah, yeah, right. and you'd be like, finally. <laughs> like, I don't know why I stabbed myself in the throat. <laughs> that's, that's not a good choice. Uh, that's not a good choice. So if you're going to stab yourself, you stab yourself in like the hand or something. True, yeah, so it's not like... Then you won't be able to use your hand, so yeah. it's probably better to stab yourself in the, like, the glutes. Yeah, it's good. it won't hurt that bad, but the shock effect is still there. Yeah, and it's bigger muscle. It's bigger. Yeah, and that's kind of funny. Yeah. My gosh, that guy got stabbed in the butt. <laughs> that's that's comedic. That's a joke. That's a comedian, yeah. Yeah, that'll work. If nothing else fails on stage, stab your butt. Yeah, stab your butt. That's a pro stand-up advice from Michael and Alan. Yeah, pro stand-up. So you're doing stand-up, and you meet this uh, mysterious tall man named Matthew Moore. What did that look like, meeting Matthew Moore and then eventually ending up here at IFTP? <laughs> Matt won't let Platonically. Me I don't think Matt will let, you tell, um, let me tell the story of how I met him. Mm. Um, well, not that I tell the story, but tell, well, so <laughs> Matt and I have a mutual friend, um, who you've done comedy with yeah, and he had his mom or he, he had a birthday mm. and I was sitting there, we were at the cheesecake factory and Matt happened to sit next to me. 
Mm. So that was really my first time I like met Met Map. Yeah. Um, and then we performed together. Yeah, done some shows here and there. And stuff uh, since then. Um, and he told me a story that I, I think he would shoot me if I told on 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 this podcast uh, that was quite funny. Mm. And told I, you a good story. It was a very good story. And uh, yeah. about some some experiences he had. Um, and now I write I wrote that into a joke and then everyone saw it. Um, tell him about it. <laughs> you goes, reference it. Yeah. And then he goes, I can't believe I told you that. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that what I'll tell you offline, but yeah. I don't want Matt to uh, kick me out of IFTP. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Matthew Moore, man of many secrets. Yeah. Many secrets. Many secrets. Okay. So he tells you the story. You make some jokes about it. You get to know him. You do a couple shows. Yeah. At some point he goes, Hey, Hey, you. <laughs> Come here. Come here. You like improv? He's <laughs> like, hey, hey, you want to try the good stuff? And you were like, excuse me? Excuse me. <laughs> I don't do drugs. He's like, yeah, you don't look like the one. It's not talking about drugs. I'm talking about the good stuff. The real comedy. Right? And I was like, ah. So then I told him, just say no. Mm. And then I, I, I ignored him for years. Yeah. Um, and good then, man. Yeah, good man. And then I decided to do it much later. When yeah. I moved back to the side of town. Yeah. So you came back, you joined IFTP, yeah. and I assume you were probably in Matt's class to start. Yeah. 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 That was all. I've always been in Matt's class. Mm. Um, never, never, never been in any other classes. Yeah. So when you, when you started back here, back in 2018, yep. um, were you able to notice or feel that difference from your other improv classes you had done? Yeah. Was it pretty immediate? Yeah, you could tell that it was much less, uh, it was much formal, less mm. formal, um, much more free form. Uh, there wasn't really much of a structure. There's structure, but there's no structure. Yeah. Uh, Matt has structure in the class, but it's not like the next six weeks we're going to learn how to do, or this week we're going to learn how to do um, status. And next week we're going to yeah. learn how to do yes and. And then the following week we're going to learn about um, how to do pantomiming. Like mm. that, that's not Matt. You just kind of learn it as you go, yeah. Right, which is kind of nice, and he gives good tips because he's, you know, he's been doing it so long, yeah. Um, and it's much more relaxed, which is nice. Um, so there is a big difference from the other other improv yeah. classes. Yeah, your other experience. I mean, I think the other experience, if you want something very strict and very like regimented, I think that's they, the way to go. That's the way to go. Um, if you want something just relaxed and fun and like not serious, I mean, Matt would hate me to say yeah, it's not serious, but it not serious in the sense that like I have to get a show and I need to perform yeah. serious and I need to hope to God I land on SNL or something. Yeah, the objective is different. Yeah. And I like it. I think it's much more casual, especially um, with, with so many people who just do this for fun. Yeah. And I think, I know during my time here, I've met people who are like, you can come here with the objective too. Like you want to do improv and take it to other places. You can still do that here, but you don't have to. Yeah. And that's, there's not the pressure. The pressure is there if you put it on yourself. Yeah. But you're not going to come in and be like, you suck, kid. <laughs> like You suck, don't ever come again. Yeah. But there's also not that, hey, you suck, and I'm going to put you in this, this yeah. the crappy class. Now pay me $550. You're going to take eight sessions. You're going to fail, and then you're going to repeat. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell you you have to take a dance class because you're too stiff. Yeah. And that's the system. Yeah. That's, that's how you make money in this yeah, business. Just keep- keep doing that over and over again yeah filtering kids through the exotic chair and class. eventually you give them a little kick up to the next level and, and then they're like oh finally i made it 
And then and they do that for another 20 years. And then they, they take know, exotic chair two, exotic chair two, and then exotic chair three. It just keeps building from that. Soon you're at the gentleman's club dancing. Mm. You think, wait, this is an improv. <laughs> this is not what improv. am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? This is extremely lucrative. <laughs> this is, this pays so much better. It pays really well. This is, and it's cash. <laughs> it's all cash. I don't have to, well, I'm, supposed, I'm supposed to report it, but you know, you know, you, you never know how many tips you're going to get. You don't know how many mm-hmm. tips you're you can't, you can't be expected to keep track of all that. No, it's just sometimes just, you have to have a wheelbarrow to bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't, you can't count all that. Let the yeah. bank hit. Yeah. Bank. I'll take it to the bank. Let the mattress hit. <laughs> you shove it underneath. Yeah. All right. So as an improviser, when thinking about when you first started improv, whether that was way back in the day mm-hmm. or when you started here at IFTP, how do you think you've grown? As an improviser. As an improviser? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what you mean. Can you re- yeah. define? Like maybe skills that you've learned or technique that you've gotten better at in your, um, in I your think improv work. For me, I've gotten a lot better at getting out of my head mm. and being in the moment and present as an improviser, um, especially in the last two years. Mm. Uh, it's like you go up and not have an agenda. Um, a lot of times I'd go up and be like, oh, you, you have those ideas in your head and like, I want to try to do this. And then realizing that it's not important. Mm. In fact, it's better just to go up and maybe have something like, okay, this is how I want to pantomime something like at the beginning. So you have something to do, but I think you immediately have to throw that out because the minute you, you're like, oh, I'm doing something like you think you're drinking water. And then someone says, why are you using a shake weight? And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well now I'm using a shake weight. Yeah. Right. And I think like that makes it fun. Mm. It's irritating sometimes if you have an agenda, but if you don't have an agenda, it's more fun because now you're like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Now, mm. now we're, what are we talking about? We're in a totally different set. And I, I, I think that's cool. So me growing as an improviser, I think it's more getting out of my head and just being in the moment mm. and performing Yeah, um, rather than uh, worrying about like, I have to do something or be funny or, or, or make that line or something. Yeah. It's like going along for the ride and, yeah, it's just seeing where the scene ends up. Yeah, instead of and usually I come, I'm too tired after work, so sometimes it just works better because I can't think anyway. Yeah, you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah, like I drained my brain today, so that I I will not plan anything. anything. I'm just gonna go up and see what happens, and hopefully I say the right thing. I want to try that for myself because sometimes you know I I like to get a little planny, so I want to clean the slate. Yeah, well, the nice thing that also helps is I started meditating about. Mm. Uh, Almost, well, I know it's 817 days ago, but uh, I've meditated every day too. Mm. And that really helps with being able to um, see an idea that comes in your head and say, I don't need to pay attention to you. Yeah. Um, And helps you stay in the moment and present. Mm. Mm. So improv plus meditation. Yeah. And that just makes you a better person. That's true. That's true too. Honestly, mindfulness, mindfulness and improv. That's a good point. So if you don't meditate, you're not a good person, right? I'm not saying you're not a good person. Alan, Alan said it here first. If you don't meditate, you're garbage. Garbage. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) His words verbatim. I'm just the messenger. (laughs) No. Um, I think it just helps you Mm. become a better person. Yeah. Um, Not that you can't be a great person without it. There's plenty of great people who don't meditate. Yeah. Um, Just for people like, me who has a lot going on in their head, this really helps. Yeah. Um, helps still calm things. 
Yeah. Um, and then with IFTP, you know, in the improv, it, you really learn how to be in present in the moment as well. And mm. they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, which matches up with like, if you got a lot going on in your head, improv forces you to not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also fun, like if you have a stressful day at work, to come to improv and then laugh and then all of a sudden all the stress kind of goes away. Yeah, you forget about it, yeah. your worries, or whatever. you just bring it on stage. Yeah. And then you... Watch it out. And, and that's your character. Like, yeah. Like, ah! Yeah. I want to kill you. Yeah. You're my boss. You're my boss. I'm going to wring your neck. Smash. Uh, boss, I would never. I would never. I love you. Uh, on the record, I would never. Yeah. Off the record. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I'm, I should cut that. Um, <laughs> you should cut that. My boss is amazing. I, yeah, actually, I actually do, I like actually do really like my boss. I really like my boss. This He's doesn't some... sound good either. <laughs> now we're just sucking up. Now it's just sucking up. But like my boss is never going to listen to this. Um, but he's he's really cool. Yeah. Oh, my boss is cooler than your boss. I'm sure your my my boss is better than your. I have no way we to like objectively measure this. We're like but, in first grade. Yeah. No, I like my my boss is really cool. He's like really chill. He's he's more we, we call him seasoned because he's older, mm. um, and he he doesn't like that. And uh, <laughs> he's just more calm and chill because he's already been there and he doesn't need to prove anything. Yeah, that's really nice because like then he like teaches you how to like mentors you and coaches you how to be better. Yeah. Which is nice. And That's you, what you want from a boss. Yeah. It's just really cool. Yeah. Dang, that does sound like a pretty good boss. Yeah. So, sorry. We got sidetracked. Yeah. Well, because we're talking about your boss. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Alan. I got a couple more questions for you. Okay. Then we're going to move into some more ask as many questions you want. Okay. Whatever you want. As many as I want? As many as I want. All right. Sounds good. I'm here. I'm handcuffed to this chair. That's true. Hey, they, don't. They can't, they can't see Shh, me. Alan. Oh, wait. What? It's 39 episodes I've kept that secret, and you just... <laughs> I just blew it. You just spoiled it. Nobody oh. can see the cuffs on your ankles tie tying you to the chair. Well, you didn't tell me I wasn't supposed to say it. You didn't tell me it was It's implied. It's implied. The the hostility of the situation <laughs> should imply that you don't see That's it. why there's so much tension in my voice. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably because it looks like your ankle's bleeding from the tightness of the metal it, it, cuff it was, around it. I wasn't going to say anything, but it, it would be nice if it was a little looser. And it's getting onto the rug, and that's... Well, Matt's not going to You need to cut that. that out. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm, I have to do this podcast. Stop bleeding. Yeah. Okay. Stop bleeding. I wish I could just tell myself to stop bleeding. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, unprofessional. Unprofessional. <laughs> this man's bleeding all over the rock. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my couple more questions unrelated to the uh, chain link situation we have near your feet. Um, <laughs> have you heard that, article, that, that, that commercial goes, uh, unless you're kind of into that thing? Handcuff? No. It's like no one, no one looks good in handcuffs unless you're kind of into that thing. <laughs> anyway, a little cheeky. A little cheeky, cheeky. sidetrack. Yeah. No one looks good handcuffed on a podcast <laughs> unless you're, you're into, into that, that thing. thing. <laughs> I don't know. That's, uh, I'll try that. I'll try that for another episode. I'm going to just chain someone up I don't for think the podcast. A, I don't think that's a good idea. You should okay. get consent first. No. I think uh, that's what makes it interesting. Well, if she's like, hey, it's for the podcast. For the podcast. No, that's really messed up. Yeah. You're right. I should get yeah, consent. Should get consent is king. Yeah, it's very important. All right. Uh, so my second and last question for you, Al. Okay. What do you think thus far, and you've touched on this a little bit, but maybe this is a, a summary. Um, thinking about improv and your experience with it. Well, and we can bring in stand-up here too, because I think they kind of go hand in hand, right? They, they feed into each other, their relationship. What do you think has been, let's say, the impact of both improv and stand-up in your life? None. No, just kidding. None? Wow. Um, no impact at all. There it is. Uh, less money in my wallet. No, uh, 
the, the, the impact has been pretty good. It's like been more social, more outgoing, more open. Mm. I'm an introvert. Uh, and it helps you kind of fake it. Yeah. Like fake being an extrovert. Like you can yeah. be, um, more extroverted in, in, you know, energy or whatnot in a party or being yes handing and more fun. Mm. Uh, not that introverts aren't fun. It's just more, you can be more outgoing and not be scared because you're used to it. Yeah. Uh, though it is draining. Yeah. Because uh, introvert extrovert is really actually has to do with energy, but we're not going to get there. Mm. Uh, but it has definitely helped me be more outgoing mm. and uh, more calm and, and be able to communicate with people better. Yeah. And then if some, someone does do flirting or they do jokes or something in real life, you can quickly, I'm, I'm snapping my fingers. No one can hear it, but uh, you can quickly jump onto it. Yeah. And you'll, yes, and you'll have it. something and you can yes. And it. And also now if, especially if someone wanted to play, you can play. Mm. And that's, that's fun. Yeah. Um, being able to play with people like with improv and just come up with stuff. Like uh, my friends who I go uh, do yoga with, we call bro, broga, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then we do brunch. Um, like broga brunch. Broga brunch. That's great. And sometimes like we're, we're doing improv right before we, we get up and we're talking about stuff. And yeah. I'm pretty sure the people who are walking around us are kind of going like, what the heck are these people talking about? But you know, for us, it's fun. Yeah. And who cares? You know, and who cares? you're having fun. We're having fun. Um, we're not offending anybody. Yeah. But it, you know, that kind of stuff is fun to be able to do and, and enjoy yourself. Yeah, absolutely. All right. My final question for you. Oh, the final one. So thinking about improv and stand-up, we're in June. Yes. Right? It's, it's the beginning of June. Geez, shit, the current right. date is June 5th, uh, 2023, date of recording. That is true. Uh, it's a Monday. It is Monday. Oh, yeah, it is Monday. We're about halfway through the year. In thinking about your work in improv and stand-up, are there any goals or things you would like to accomplish or just do, try by the end of this calendar year? Well, I try not to make goals for certain things like hobbies and stuff so that it mm. always remains fun. Yeah, um, I know. That's a good point. Keeps the purity of it. Well, I, I don't want to make it feel like work, mm. right? Uh, or stress. Like if I had a goal of I want to land a festival or something. Yeah. And you don't get it. It's out of my control. Yeah. Right. So you can't have those kind of goals. I did submit to some festivals. They didn't like my video, but um, you know I did it. And then my goal was to yeah. submit, which I yeah. had control over. And you did. Yeah. Um, but goals for improv, I don't really have goals other than just to continue to have fun and get better and get out of my head and just be more relaxed and maybe take it into like person more, more in the personal life where, uh, you know, communicate, socialize better. Mm. I like what you said about with stand up, um, that goal of like you control what you can control. You submitted and what happened happened. And it's like, yeah, I, but I did what I could do. And I think it's a very wise approach. It's kind of hit me over the head. Like, I, I want to try and take that approach with more things, especially related to this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, if, if you can't control it, like half the stuff in improv, I can't control anyway. So yeah. having a goal, like I don't, I can only say like, I want to get better or take more classes or do something or maybe have more shows, but I can't control having more shows. Um, and I can't control what's going to happen in the scene. Mm. So it's kind of hard to say what, I mean, I've always liked it. I always told Matt and I said, there should be improv for dating where you just mm. have a whole thing where it's like, so, or I mean, I mean, dating, but just relationships where yeah. there's a special class where all you do in that thing is you go up and do socializing. It's like a cocktail hour networking where you just do like yeah. sets over and over again. That sounds fun. And, and it really helped people when they're in a, no, a social situation, like the, the, the stressful part is especially, you know, is, is what if I say the wrong thing? 
Yeah. Right. Oh, I don't want to say something stupid. It's that pressure. I don't want to look stupid. And having the kind of like that improv, like if you had a class or something, or you had something where you could bounce things off. Where you can be stupid. You can be stupid in a safe environment, right? And even in like a dating situation, if you had like the improv where the goal is to be stupid and do stuff that would get you slapped and all that stuff. And their teacher was was there to say, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that in a social situation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Then... I think that would also help you even become better in social skill, social relations uh, situations Um, because improv is so much more for like acting and then being on stage. Yeah. But it doesn't Uh, have to be just for that. It doesn't have to be, but that's where it kind of goes in. But you can use the things you learn and grow to help you better maybe in socializing or even Mm. being comfortable, like talking to Ross or asking for a raise or something like it gives you the ability to role play. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so I think those, those kind of role playing activities really help can really help advance you. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think when we feel like we can be stupid, that's when your personality shines through anyway. Yeah. Not when you're all uptight and worried about what you might or might not say like that's, then you're just going to clam up and be not that interesting of a person. Yeah. Yeah. Because you won't be able to be yourself. True. I think that's a good perspective and thinking about yet how, like you said, improv often heads that acting direction, but it doesn't have to. No. And there are other applications and areas where it could be a tremendous tool. That's huge. Like a podcast. I don't know. I don't think that would work. Yeah, I don't think you should do it in a podcast. I think no one would care. No one will listen. <laughs> no, I can't. Especially when you have an accountant on. You never know. Like, uh, yeah, he's they might talk guy. about a hit TV show, though. He might talk about debits and credits the whole time. Oh, and the new debits. revenue recognition or something. I got to watch out for that. Yeah, release accounting. Yeah. Yeah, or, I'm gonna, or derivatives. W two. Yeah, a straddles or butterfly swaps. Oh, butter, butterflies, butterflies are so beautiful. Yeah. Monarch. Yeah, this is the only kind of good name. Monarch. Yeah. I don't. Th- moth. Is that a butterfly? They're like cousins, right? I. They have a different like body like, situation going on. It's like the cousin that everybody wants hates. Yeah, nobody likes moths. Like, how many butterflies have you killed in your life? None that I can think of. How many but, moths have you killed? All of them. I know, right? <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Think about it. The moth was just a little bit prettier. Yeah. Or it didn't come inside. And think about it. Darwinism, you'd think that it like... It would figure out like, figure how, out, how, like how, how do I want to survive? It would be like, look at my guy over there. He's like pretty and he doesn't get smashed every yeah. two seconds. Maybe I should evolve and, and then be more pretty. And they're just like, yo, light. <laughs> light. Oh, look, clothes. Let me go eat them. It's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, moths have not. They uh, maybe they just stopped as a species. They're like, eh, let's stop progressing, guys. Uh, yeah, we, we're we're good with this. Maybe it's because we smash them so many times that they don't have, they don't have to, the chance to figure, have the chance to figure it out. To have like self actualization, like half smash them. So like they're like, Ugh. but then maybe they'll get strong. We don't want to have that. Like they get a shell or something. So yeah, they evolve. Yeah. They become like cockroaches. Cockroaches, and then that would be a disaster. Yeah, you can't kill them. No, we don't want that. No. So maybe. Keep up the good work, everyone. Yeah, keep it up. Let's keep those moths at the level they're at. Yeah. We don't want them changing. No, changing the moths. That would be bad. That would be bad. That's a good point. Yeah. We've got to keep the moths at the level that they are. <laughs> yeah. No more. No more. No more. Keep okay. smashing. The world wouldn't be ready. Peter won't like us talking about smashing moths. They'll say that that's, mm. that's horrible. They have feelings, too. Yeah. I mean... I mean, if I was a moth, I'd like you to smash me too. So yeah. Maybe I'll become something else faster. Their, their lifespan is not, can't be great. No, it's probably not that long. Statistically, it's got to be low. It's got to be like 
I don't know what it is. A couple hours. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I believe it. All right, Alan. Okay. You ready to do some improv? Sure. Oh, I've got three games. Okay, we're playing improv together? Oh, yeah, we are. Okay. Zip. Zap. Zap. 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 Zip. That was a good game. Blackout. All right, that's our first game. That was a good game. You picked up on it right away. Um, no, so we're, we're playing three games tonight. This first game is called Number Line. Number Line. Number Line. And in this game, uh, each actor, we're going to be given a random number, a okay. number from between one and ten. And whatever number we get, all our lines need to be that length of words. So if I get five, every line I say can only be five words. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully we get a one. Yeah. Now to preface, I've never played this game, but it's better than alphabet that Matt always makes me play. It is better than that's our next game. Now the funny thing is he makes me play alphabet and I'm dyslexic and I'm going sitting there like really (laughs) seriously, seriously, Mr. Moore. It's Uh, that game. And the one like says, okay, you need to come up with a word. That's the last letter of the word that just was said. Oh yeah. And I'm going like, I I can't spell. (laughs) I have no idea what this word just ended with. So I have your number. Okay. Alan, your number is six. I think six. Six. Okay. All right. And my number is three. Oh man. Can we switch? Okay, I'm six. I can trade with you. Okay, we'll go six. Okay, you're six, I'll be three. Okay. All right. And then uh just to help us get started, I'm gonna give us a random location. Okay. All right. So then uh again this game is called Number Line. Uh our location is swimming pool. Swimming pool. And uh Again, this is number line. Alan can say six words. I can say three. I'll black us out when we're done. Hey, Michael. Should I make up a name for you? Hey, John. Why don't you swim? Shouldn't have done a question. Let me start over again. Hey, Michael. Want to go swim? Oh, that's a question, too. Hey, Michael, let's go swim now. Philip, dude, yes. Awesome. The water is not cold. Great. Cold bad. (laughs) I am scared there might be. Sharks. (laughs) Sharks. <laughs> Sharks are fake. What? Sharks are fake? No way. Government conspiracy theory. The government has a conspiracy? You're right. Screw the government. Sharks are Robots. Yes. Robots with guns and machetes attached to fins. Control the population. Yes. There's too many people on Earth. JFK killed... Shark. <laughs> that is why we shot him. Yes. Huge cover up. 
big conspiracy. The sharks did it. CIA kept quiet. Mike, John, what was your name, John? That is true. Let's run. Come with me. I'm already there. They're here. Go to Ohio. No, thank you. It's not a good state. Landlocked is safe. (laughs) Yes, and there are mountains there. Mountain sharks real? In the mountain lakes, they are. There's no escape. No, not from the sharks. Blackout. (laughs) That was horrible. I don't think that was horrible at all. (laughs) I think we were able to have a good conversation. I was like, I got to remember all the improvs, all the improvables. And I was like sitting there going like. And count. Like I'm asking questions. Uh, We can edit that first part out. uh, Sometimes you can get away with, you know, asking a couple questions here or there though. You know, it's that's uh, one of those loosey goosey rules. Yeah. Uh, it's a little loosey goosey. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that was kind of fun because I, for me, I felt like I was just thinking about counting my words that I didn't really think about what I was saying. Same here. I was trying to get the words, but then I was like, I gotta take yeah. what you said and add to it. Yeah, and make it to a story or something. So like, I was like, we have to go somewhere here. Yeah, and it was definitely hard because you're like, I have six words and I have to count them, and I think sometimes I did seven, but yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I won't. I won't check. You won't. Yeah. You'll take. You'll keep kick. You'll kick me out of. You won't keep me in the improv jail. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. But unchain yeah. me from this chair. Yeah. Yeah. That's improv jail. Is you won't be chained to the yeah. chair. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I realized I was like I I have to stop saying your name because I only have three words. Yeah. I was like, there's no point. There's no time. There's no time. I was like at the uh, uh my worst flaws. I can never remember anybody's name. It's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. I doing this podcast for me has helped that because I just get to sit here and get a lot of practice with that, but it doesn't always work yeah. once I'm on my feet. It's easier sitting down though. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, there was a moment there when I said JFK killed shark. Yeah. That's not where I thought I was going, <laughs> but then I was just like, well, I, was like, I nah, said I, it. Got to yes. And it. Yep. Yep. So I had to yes. And myself there. All right, moving on to our next game. Uh, this game is a is a twist on an old classic. This is kind of an improv game. Kind of, uh, it's an interesting one. But I mentioned earlier, we're going to be doing some lying. Lying. We're going to lie. Okay. Yeah. And you've heard of the game Two Truths and a Lie? Yes. We're going to play Two Lies and a Truth. Two Lies and a Truth. Two Lies and a Truth. Okay. And um, as far as I know, I made this up. Okay. Two hours ago. Two hours ago. Two hours ago. So in this game, Alan. Okay. We're each going to share two lies and one truth. Okay. And we need to guess what the truth is from each other. Okay. It's improv because it's two lies. Yes. 
problem is you know a lot about me already, so okay. Two lies and one truth. Okay, two lies and one truth. You go first. Okay. So three things total, two lies, one truth. Okay. I'm left-handed. Okay. That's the truth. <laughs> I don't know what you're basing that off of. Your, your whole comedy set, but okay. Oh my gosh. All right. I need to start over. I totally forgot about that. All right. Well, I failed at that. Dang it, Alan. <laughs> Dang it. Your memory is too good. Um, Gabby, you have a whole set about that. You're like, you fool. I was there. I was there. I've seen your set a couple that was times. A, that was a terrible start. Uh, <laughs> I have a new joke I'm writing. I have a new oh, joke I'm no. writing where I go, I'm dyslexic. And uh, people tell me, I have problems telling me I left my right. Mm. And people say, just make L's. And I look at it, my hands and go like, I just don't know which one. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty anyway, good. that just added to your, no stealing that anybody. Mm. Okay. All right. I'm going to try this again. Okay. That was an awful start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I have a tattoo on my ribs. Okay. My birthday is in April. I am not a fan of eating fish. Okay. I'm going to guess it's not a, a fan eating fish. He's too good. <laughs> Sherlock. Was Alan. that it? Yeah, that was it. Dang it. <laughs> Okay, now I have to go. Yep. Um, two lies and a truth. Two lies and a truth. Uh, hmm. The longest I've ran is 20 miles. I've ran a sub four minute mile. And the longest hike I've done straight was 23 miles. Wait. I think the truth is the long hike of 23 miles. No. Oh, no. Yeah, I did the Grand Canyon. It was 23 miles round trip. So that's the truth. That was the truth. No, oh, yeah. No, oh, it's two truths. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two lies, that one truth. truth. Yeah, that's the truth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got it. You got it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a confusing format because yeah. it's. Flipped. So I haven't done. Yeah, because the lie was the. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Sub four minute mile. I don't. Has anyone done that? Yeah. Like what? Two people. Oh, a lot three, of people. A lot of people. Yeah. Sub four. Yeah. I had the third man who ran faster than three minutes. He was one of my uh, four minutes. He was my coach. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you Are you also a runner? Yeah. I didn't know that. You're a runner. Yeah. Do you have 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 you run the four, fastest mile, four mile? I have the fastest mile I've done. So you didn't do you don't do miles in college, right? So you do meters, right? You do meters. You have fifteen hundred, which is a hundred meters short. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, it's sixteen hundred, right? Yeah. So I think my fastest, fastest, and I never really was race. I mean, so it's hard to say. I didn't race. That wasn't my race. Yeah. Uh, it was probably four 
fifteen to four thirty, somewhere in there. It's not probably very closer good. to four thirty. <laughs> it's not very good when the like most people are running are four. But I like I was running five k's. Yeah. So like yeah. you, it's a different. Yeah, because you got to pace yourself a little differently. And so like I I ran one or two fifteen hundreds in college, so like I didn't have enough reps to yeah. to to uh, see if I could run faster. Yeah. I've run a sub three minute mile. That's not. Not, not possible. Well, not for you. Well, I, I, that would be one of your lies, and I would say that's a lie. I've been told I have runner's legs. What do you think about that? It's possible, but I don't think you could run a sub three. You know how fast that is? <laughs> yeah, as fast as me. Of course I know how fast that is. <laughs> no, I think uh, a four-minute, 30-second mile is, that's awesome. Yeah, it was college. It was, yeah, it's very fast. I was like, that's got to feel cool because like it's like four four and a half minutes past and then you're like oh yeah i just did a mile <laughs> like I'm that's done. just like, yeah yeah it, it, it'd be cool i mean my i did 5k's which is about three miles a little yeah. over three miles like 3.1 uh yeah and that was 15.50 and that's slow because like i got lapped in a race jeez yeah uh, that was that was depressing yeah. i think i would get lapped as well <laughs> Yeah, running fifteen fifty yeah. <laughs> for three miles, which feels like it really feels good. Really fast. Yeah, you're like okay, that's about five. not even twenty minutes. You're done. You're like you're like what the hell? You're like great. This an event just, wrapped up. And yeah, someone just passed me. That's that's insane. Well, that person is on drugs. Yeah. Well, no PEDs. He was he the, the Olympians better probably double lap to me. Well, they're on drugs. Yeah, that's true. We know about Russia. Yeah, Russia. They can't compete anymore. Blood doping, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're taking blood from infants and yeah. Yeah, putting it into their bodies. Yeah, and doing the spinning Race. it, and yeah. yeah. See, they're putting it in from sharks. I think. Oh, uh, and then that's hey, well, blood. Yeah, we yeah. had a conversation about that. Yeah, we did. They're not real. No, they're not real. Okay. All right, I've got one last game for you. Alan. Okay, one last game. Uh, this game is called uh, Tweets from Alan. Tweets from Alan. <laughs> Tweets from Alan. Okay. Um, and while this isn't your Twitter account, I found I don't have a Twitter account. Ah, that we know of. I don't have one. That we know of. That we know of. So I found uh, a gentleman on Twitter who shares a first and last name with you. Oh, Alan Weiss, the consultant. Ah, darn, you already know him. Well, I don't know him personally, but I've, I've when I Google myself that he's always the one who shows him. up. Yeah, so I found his Twitter account. Okay. I found it very interesting. Okay. So uh, we're going to do a scene where all my lines will come from Alan, the consultant. Okay. All my lines are based off his tweets. Okay. And it's your job to make it work as best you can. Okay, sounds good. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm loading up his Twitter account really quick. So I was having fun going through it earlier because I was just like, his description just says the rock star of consulting, which I'm like, wow. Wow. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. I see if that's true. I mean, he's in Rhode Island and I don't know of many rock stars that are from Rhode Island. Yeah. Just going to be honest. That's my problem. I can't be a, the consultant anymore because someone's already taken it. Yeah. He did. All right. And, uh, you know, for this game, I'll give us a suggestion of a relationship to help us along. Okay. Then I'll uh, black us out when we're done. All right. So our relationship, that doesn't even make sense. Okay. Um, ooh. Okay. It's a two-person scene. We can't do a love triangle. That doesn't work. Well, we can, but... That's true. It'd be awkward. All right. Uh, we're going to do... Bodyguard. Bodyguard. And the person the bodyguard is guarding. Okay. All right. And we'll see who's who. Okay. Sounds good. Let's go. Yeah. Many years ago with my first therapist, you know, in the fourth session, he became frustrated at my strict routines. Yeah. 
I know you're, you're, you get very frustrated, Alan, but you shouldn't worry about it. I'm here to protect you. I've had it at theaters with security screaming at us like we're prisoners. Yeah. I'll take care of that next time. I'll make sure, you know, I take care of the screaming. I'll maybe I'll knock that security guard out and protect you a little bit better than your last security guard. Disrespect for one law creates disrespect for all laws. I just don't believe there is laws, but yeah, maybe if you don't have laws, you won't be disrespected. Never sacrifice respect for affection. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I'm a security guard. Do you maintain an anti-hostile workplace? Well, since I work for you, I really hope that you have an anti-hostile workplace. But considering you're getting yelled at a theater, I'm not really sure it's not hostile. It feels pretty hostile to me. Requesting help is not a sign of weakness, but of strength. Okay, We all need help. Yes, I think I need help protecting you. It's very hard. You're all over the place. Talk here about the post-pandemic atmosphere in Germany and in Europe. Yeah, these traveling engagements we have, we get to go all over the place. It's really cool to be able to go to Germany, even the post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, you said? Post. Post, yeah, it's very cool, you know. Everybody's totally different up over here. No more masks. Don't tell people everything you know. Tell them what they need to know. Okay, I'll make sure I tell everybody what they need to know. You're Alan, and we're here to do consulting. Blackout. <laughs> this guy's got a weird Twitter account. Yeah, that's a weird Twitter account. I don't know. Was that just reading one by one? I was just kind of, I'd scroll randomly okay. and pick one. That's a weird Twitter but account. But he's like. That's not even like consulting related. No. Some he's of, almost like trying to give quotes or something to people. Yeah. He's trying to be like like one of those people who like have those weird quotes that you read. And they're like, three things you need to know about something. And I usually ignore it because then I'm like, these are three things. Like, I always like the ones I go, three things rich people do. Yeah. And I go like, first off, if rich people don't read these things, so why am I going to look at this? Yeah, I was like, I don't know that they do. Yeah, I don't think they need to worry about that. Yeah. So, or read this and you'll, or do this and you'll be rich. Yeah. Yeah. No, this guy's all over the place. He's He's, all over the place. I don't know (laughs) why. I didn't feel consulted. I felt confused. I think he also writes. Oh. Or there might be another Alan Weiss. Mm. Uh, there might have been. I did yeah. a bit of Googling. There's like an Alan Weiss who writes. I think there might be a comic, and I think there's uh. there's another comic. Well, that's you. No, there's another one, not me. Uh. And I think there is this guy who consults. It's very... I. There's a lot of us. I, I read this guy's profile. He sounds like a comic unintentionally. Yeah. <laughs> but the way, maybe it's missed calling for him. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, Alan, thank you for playing those games with me. Before we conclude tonight's episode, yes. are there any final words on improv, on stand-up, on uh, consulting that you'd like to leave us with tonight? I would suggest you do it. If you have, if you have been thinking about doing improv... Just do it. Sign up. IFTP. Best improv in town. Improvforthepeople.com. Improvforthepeople.com. You can also find us on Eventbrite. That's true. Yeah. If you really want to register, go to Eventbrite. Yeah. If you want to register, go to Eventbrite. Look for Improv for the People. 
follow us so you can get the information mm. and uh, book your class. And then you can have Michael as your teacher. Or he'd also just, you know, they do, uh, what are we doing on Thursday? Sketch comedy. Sketch comedy. Sketch comedy. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm in the sketch comedy. You'll find out. I'll find you out. don't need to know until Thursday. Yeah, it's all improv. Yeah, it's all in. It's Ron Strike. It's not, actually. Ron Strike. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, geez. Yeah. My gosh, I'm I'm exploiting labor. <laughs> You're exploiting labor. Oh, oh gosh. A bunch of scabs taking, I think just taking learning classes on how to write isn't. Isn't against the... Well, you're taking the class to learn how to replace them. Yeah, but it's not a strike unless I actually... I'm not crossing the line unless I submit the... Uh, so you don't, you don't know how the class ends. Oh, do we submit a script? No, we go to the studios. We go to the studios and say... I got a fresh crop of new writers I for you. Very crop. cheap. Very cheap. Very, Young, un, very untalented. Fresh-faced. Fresh-faced. No very, ideas. No ideas. Great, great writing. These kids, you never seen talent like them. Very cheap. They, did I mention cheap? I mentioned they don't ask for much money. Because they don't know their value. They don't. Well, now that you understand what the class is about, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much to Alan for coming on tonight's episode of Improv for the Podcast. As always, uh, you can find Improv for the Podcast anywhere you find podcasts. You can't escape us is what I'm trying to say. And uh, if you're really feeling uh, curious, come check us out on YouTube sometime. See our faces so you can be pleased or whelmed. Uh, but as always, we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll see you next time. Improv for the Podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.